In a little corner of the admin offices over at the Orbital, there's a modest but comfy office. It sits just alongside a big boardroom and across the corridor from the Spartan workspace of progenitor Leo Wolf. In one corner is a comfy looking floor level bed, small with a well-worn cushion. Scattered across the floor are Thargoid shaped chew toys and something that may have looked once like a bobblehead toy of Federal President Hudson. His squeaker is missing, as is the one leg. Across to the far side of the room there's a portrait on the wall of a spaniel looking grand in formal uniform and under it a small desk with an etched nameplate that has the word Minion on it and a sticky note that says snores. Against the wall is a trophy cabinet. There are many commemorative awards here, Fluffiest Belly 3303 and a Hutton mug standing proudly over a smashed piece of cord crockery are prominent. But on the top shelf, alongside spaces that are gathering dust, is a lonely gold trophy. Trade Gold, Hutton Orbital Trucker Corporate, is written on the base. Alvin looks up forlornly at the dust gathering on the shelf next to it and barks sharply at his dozing minion. Getting no response, he prods one paw on the control panel and his side and noses the touch screen with intent. Message sent appears on screen and he settles down into his bed with a huff. Just as his eyes close for his evening nap, a voice comes over the radio in one corner. Our mics are live. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the studio. It's that time-ish, and we think we've got a radio team here. I'm Rudolf Hacker. I'm here, and I'm Wilma Fingerdo. I'm the apology officer, but as of yet, there's nothing to apologise for. I'm sure I'll find something soon, though. I'm Norma Snuckers, and I'm chaperoning Lou. Oh, I'm being chaperoned. And now it's time for the headlines. GT, I've got some news for you. Profit heads for profit as the bus stops. Litho breakers pumping more than gas. We're going for gold. Again. Missing in action, a reaction. You didn't listen, did you? I'm reading this one in capital letters this time. But I know you listen to me, which is why I've got the community news. Speculation has been rife throughout the galaxy that in forthcoming months, even before pilots are licensed to set foot on new worlds, seek out new civilizations, and truck where no trucker has trucked before, that Vogel are thinking of releasing new Scarab variants. Whilst at showrooms your ship choice is vast, 
letting you choose whether to fly a Space Cow Type 9 right down to a tiny, tiny little adder to suit your mood, hairstyle, or to match your current outfit. Or pick a ship launch fighter that can defend you with mighty beams, fire streams of projectile doom in the general direction of your enemies, or even just sneeze at a Thargoid with the latest Guardian weaponry. The poor planetary prospecting pilot has far less choice. A choice of 1. The Scarab 8 wheels, 1 turret, 2 cargo canisters at the back, in of course a variety of exciting colours, but there's no GTI edition, no SRV Space Max, no gear with more gear, you can't get a faster one or a more shooty one, or even a truckery one with space for even more occupied escape pods. That's it. Hutton understands that as far back as last year, the Pilots Federation were advertising for new recruits with skills in designing and programming the computer systems on vehicles. And with an odyssey on the horizon, and the horizon now having arrived for everyone, is it time for the SRV to be joined by the MPV and the SUV? A number of other news outlets have been indulging in wild speculation, analysing images released from Pilots' Federation tests, looking at tread patterns on the tyres, measuring their cannons to see whether they're bigger than the one you already own. With the size of your bay limited, Hutton's engineers have been playing with their non-brand-specific building blocks and trying to come up with the new and interesting ways to fold SRVs up small and squeeze them into your ship. But we reckon there are some great options available. Not scavenging on a planet's surface? Maybe drop the cargo space and go for the big guns, perfect for base assaults and defending against marauding skimmers. Or maybe the trucker's friend, ditching the weaponry for a few more tons of space for those abandoned goodies. What about a mining rig, able to extract even more from those bronzite chondrites? Then of course, that opens up the possibility of engineers to customise the performance of your wheels, someone to boost your turbo, fit blue neons under the edges, and maybe a dustbin instead of an exhaust pipe. A dump valve for impressing members of your chosen I really want to impress that person gender. Are we entering the realms of Saxo Dazza or ported heads and 4 to 2 to 1 thermal exhaust vents? Here at Hutton, we're fans of new things, so we're hoping that all this speculation leads to something, even if it is just the new Vodal bandwagon, complete with fold out bed and sliding side door, with a full mystery machine paint job just for our friends at Canon. Hutton Orbital's hot bus has racked up light years over the last few months, providing an essential taxi service and sightseeing tour from Hutton Space to the other Hutton Space over in Colonia. Commander Prophet Velen has been hard at work plotting and replotting courses, making sure that everyone is on board, no one forgot their passports, and of course, everyone's up to date with their inoculations. After all, we can't have anything catching something nasty from Colonia and bringing it back to the bubble. Dorizo is near permanent outbreak, as you know. As a result, the mighty Prophet and the good ship Cloud Atlas are feeling the weight of so many jumps and more than a little heady from sniffing all the tritium as it's loaded on board after every few journeys. From HO, L1D4Y has been duly submitted to Alvin's office in triplicate and signed in all the right places with a request for the hot bus to take some time off to cool off and have a well-earned sabbatical. 
We've inquired as to whether the prophet is going hunting for a little profit, or maybe just taking some time to relax over at a corner in Vinman and Star in the Trucker's Tantric Tritium Retreat, or enjoying some of those accumulated space miles with a nice calm jolly over in the Pleiades. But all we heard was the sound of a little moaning and groaning. Turns out he was having been giving a good going over at Wanda's mobile massage parlour and was too busy to come to the phone. Our thanks go out to the Prophet and the Hot Bus. Alvin is now taking applications for a temporary Hot Bus replacement service while they're on their holly bobs. Applications should be made in person to Hutton Orbital, Bus Depot, Proxima Centauri, Alpha Centauri, somewhere near Seoul. Please bring a copy of your Brewer Corporation Carrier Operator's Licence, some samples from your onboard snack bar, and of course, details of how soon you can start. Prerequisites include being able to fly in a straight line between Hutton and Fort Mug, being able to add up the amount of tritium needed for the trip, subtract the amount the journey will use, and recognise whether the answer is a positive or a negative. The contract will, of course, as usual, entail actually reminding people that they need to get off at the destination, publishing flight plans, fighting off marauding pirates who want to rob your passengers and owning a decent padlock for the drinks cabinet in case you have to go and pick up Cecil. For those who want to join the Cloud Atlas Farewell Tour, it will be leaving Fort Margaret at 1300 UTC on the 7th of this month, taking a roundabout tour via some suggestively shaped nebula for some selfies before arriving back at Hutton Space sometime later, or when the food supplies run out, whichever soonest. First stop will be HR6164 ABC1, two days later. With pilots making extended trips to the new sightings of Thargoid activity around the Colsac Nebula, and delving into some long-lost logs, more maybe later on that, more than a few of them have found themselves planet-side in their scarab, scavenging at pristine barnacle sites and trying to see whether there's anything new in them that people haven't discovered before. Commander Lithobreaker, Hutton Radio's radio listener, puzzle solver and super sleuth is one such commander, and he discovered something he didn't know existed. He discovered the smell of fear. Whilst tootling around in his scarab as only a lithobreaker can, he was rather startled when a shadow was cast over the ground and everything went a little dark. Thinking that a passing moon had just blocked the sun, he turned up his cabin heater and popped the lights on. That's when things all started to go a little bit wrong. From his cabin speakers, as the soundscape in a scarab is not unlike your ship, broadcast through speakers to give you that sense of presence, there came a gnarly, gurgling, growling kind of noise, and dispatching his drone camera, he took a look outside the scarab. After some rather extensive zooming out, the shadow became a little more recognisable. That's no moon, that's got eight legs, would have been his first thought. Incisive minds like Lithobreakers come along maybe once in a generation, and after a few seconds, he appears to have experienced a personal oh shit moment, just as a huge beam of light spilled from the skies just in front of his SRV. Yes, Tharg the Mighty's minion had popped to the very planet he was on for a half tank of vanadium free and a quick screen wash. 
Along with Tharg's equivalent of fill her up please, Lithobreaker's biggest worry was that the eight-sided menace might want to pop into the filling station's shop to pick up something to eat. Something with two legs, a tasty looking brain, and as it turns out, its very own aroma. Yes, Lithobreaker had gone to a full brown alert. It's a good thing he was wearing his jungle camo flight suit normally worn so it hides the spills from his pot noodle, he does, of course, entirely blame the frequency of the noise in the cockpit. Brown noise apparently being a thing in space, and has resolved to remove the base shaker from under his seat next time. Luckily, the Thargoid had its fill from the refueling point, and ignoring both the little scarab, the tiny little, little, the tiny little litho breaker, and the big, suggestively shaped imperial truck parked nearby, Litho was able to make it back to his ship in one piece and without being subjected to all manner of probings by a browsing goid. We'd like to remind commanders that when you go poking around alien sites, don't forget that they like to pop in for a quick splash and dash, and sometimes the angry ones will do bad things to you if they see you. We're glad he didn't get hoovered up by the refueling beam, as we quite like having a listener on this show. But next time, Lithobreaker, please make sure you've packed a second pair of Grundies. The Orbital's management team are issuing an all-pilots bulletin today, hoping to rectify a problem, mollify Lael, pacify the dog, and bring home the bacon. <clears throat> yes, the next squadron season is nearly upon us starting one week from now, and Alvin has decreed that he's not got enough gold. Or at least, not enough that's been melted down and then remade in a trophy shape. In the first squadron season, Hutton took the inaugural gold medal for Hutton Trucking. Yes, that's trade to everyone else. As is only right and proper. Team Hotbox have added their own contribution to the trophy cabinet, but it's time for a new one. Calling all explorers. Your time has come. Starting next Thursday, it's all hands to the frameshift drives, all fingers on the honk scoop jump, and best foot forward as we aim to get our gold medal in exploration. Commander Antarius Fusion of the Hutton Helper is hard at work preparing logging systems for your ships and attempting to automatically determine if Hutton are doing the necessary in order to scrape their way to gold. So, what do we need? Number one, make sure you're in the Hutton squadron. This goes without saying. But you wouldn't believe the number of pilots that tried helping with going for gold one who forgot that important part. That's on PS4, Hotbox, or the PC squadron, as we're trying as best we can on all of them. Number two, be on the Hutton helper. Sign up at hot.forthemug.com. Otherwise, we can't recognize your achievements. Number three, go exploring for high value stuff. Then bring it back, then sell it. Doesn't have to be at Hutton Space, but it could be if you wanted or as needed by Snuggles McKeague. The Hutton prize team will be digging in the cupboard to see what we can find for the top contributors to this effort. The prizes are likely to be limited to the top 10 commanders though there will be plenty of Hutton decals available as well. Or at least some paint and a stencil and, a, and maybe a mask to stop the fumes. We're aiming for 30 billion points as a minimum 
And at half a point for every credit of data sold, that's 60 billion credits worth of exploration data needed. Between 100 commanders, that's a mere 600 million credits each. Or, well, you get the idea. Whatever you do, don't try and hand in your data until the event starts, as it won't count. Flossie will be treating this one as a community-created community gold goal. Yes, that's a CCCGG. And reporting on our success in future weeks. Let's get exploring, commanders! Hot on the heels of The Forgotten. For those who don't know what that is, the Pilots Federation have been tweeting on Galtwit about all sorts of megaships and generation ships and even shippy ships for the last bit. We've also got The Missing, also known as a bunch of Hutton Orbital radio presenters who we haven't seen for a while. While Cowboy's taking a much-needed sabbatical in Buck's Ranch, in recent weeks we've seen, or rather not seen, the disappearance of Sir N.E.T. of the Sky Tonight and the Xylophone, Commander Witherspoon of the Galnet Digest along with his sidekick Beetlejude, and in the last 24 hours, Commander Palantir's quarters were discovered empty and in a right old state. Needless to say, they could have been like that before, but we've never seen them leave a half-eaten home-baked cake on the side, and as far as we can tell, there's no such thing in Palantir world as a half-bottle of red wine. Unless, of course, the first half was pulled into his computer and he's cradling the other half, just so as not to lose a drop more. Our conclusion? Kidnapped by force or forces unknown. Has President Hudson of the Federation snuck aboard and done away with their legendary presenting team? Is Thar the Mighty scooping them up to do bad things to them over at the Pleiades? Have they been stuffed into the coal sack and are being chained to a desk translating the untranslatable code from the listening post? Well, we just don't know. But if one of you, the listeners, even if you're not listening, are listening after the fact on our other channels, have taken them, we'd be awfully, awfully grateful if you could have them back sometime. Oh, and if you've seen Rex Bottoms, we haven't been the same since we lost our bottoms in that incident a year or so back. Don't worry about Spike and Evenstar though, we know where they are, and all we can say is, chaps, it's not big, and it's not clever, but it probably is worth pointing and laughing at a bit. A mostly steady week again for the majority of our systems, but there are five which are over the 60% limit. This has led to an unplanned expansion from WISE 0855-0714, which will absolutely not, under any circumstances, allow us to expand into Sol. Unlike a number of other player groups and other organisations, the truckers are well aware and fully accepting of the Pilots' Federation edict that Sol is a system that all pilots, with a permit, are welcome to visit, but it must never be targeted for expansion. Expansion aside, a message for the custodians. If your system begins with an L, check its influence carefully and get to where it needs to be. You only have one job and a whole squadron of truckers to help you should you ask, so sort it out before Alvin bites you in the arse. And Rincewind Cymru, keep your damn piss flaps under control. Now, we have a latest score from Narnia. Truckers 3, Green Party, nil. Hey, that's my line. Oh, sorry. That's my line as well. Oh, right. Uh, well, well can you apologise to yourself on my behalf then? Aye, OK. You're very, very sorry. Right, thank you. 
Right, moving on. In the election in Narnia, the truckers have won three days. So in one more day, the election victory will be ours. Fortunately, this election is against a green party, not a red one. So when we've won, they'll accept the result and move on. And we can start pushing towards Narensi's organisation for control of the system. We have another election to get involved in, although it's not challenging Alvin's fluffy leadership, but it is in one of our systems, in Epsilon Eridani, or Epsilon Eridandi, as Snuggles likes to call it, probably because that's where he buys his ruffles. The Mad Monks are challenging the independent fleet of Mothership. Alvin has decreed that the fleet are much more generous with the distribution of chew toys and meaty snacks, so he commands that we reverse the 3-1 lead the Monks have and help fleet to win. You have permission to head there immediately, on condition that you continue to listen to the show. Any any truckers spotted flying during the show without listening to it will have to prove that they have listened to it or listened to the podcast before the end of the weekend. Or face Alvin's wrath. He's feeling very wrathful this week. Over in Colonia, we're mostly in boom, and for a change we have no elections to muck about with. King Hanke sent me a rather detailed report, but I'd rather summarise it. Leave Pythias alone, we don't want to start annoying the locals, and boost the living hell out of the other three. I won't name them, as I'm using a fresh set of teeth this week, and I'm not quite used to them yet. I'm not even sure where Bulma got them from. Anyway, for the mug truckers, and over to Norma. And now for the latest news on events organised by you, the Elite Dangerous community. Firstly, we have Speedball 4 which is going to be on the 21st to the 22nd of November and this information comes from Commander Primetime Casual. This week we bring you a short update on the logistics of the event. Currently there are two shuttles planned, overlapping so there's always a carrier stationed in the system. The TFCS Warsprite will depart from Hajangi out to the race on Sunday 8th of November at 2200 UTC and stay on location until the race is finished. The Lithobrake, currently on station, will head back to 61 Virginis on Friday the 13th of November and return on Monday the 16th. Both carriers offer full outfitting and shipyard services, allowing pilots to transfer in ships and modules as they wish. Please note that there is no ship available. Nola Prime updated the trusty Speedbot, who will once again mob process all submissions and answer basic questions. The bot is ready to go and just waiting for the signal. In addition to the FAQ on the forums, one of the most asked questions so far was, can I use enhanced performance thrusters? And the answer is a resounding yes. And new on the training scheme scene is Commander B. Smitty, who posted his first training run with an eye-watering 3643 uh, meters second on target. This one is going to be a podium contender for sure. And let's not forget Commander Andy X and his little gem of a speedball training session gone wrong. Search YouTube for Adventures in Little Breaking. An Elite Dangerous Speedball Story. From the Buckyball Racing Club 3306, Commander Alec Turner writes, 
On the race update front, a new Buckyball SRV circuit challenge is taking shape out in Colonia called Surly Buy... Sorry, Surly Buys Around. <laughs> Commander Vaco has updated the Buckyball Sagittarius A challenge leaderboards and myself and Black Maze of the Elite Races were on tonight's Frontiers livestream for a look back at this year's racing activities and also trying to teach the community managers some new SRV skills. And here's news from the Paladin Consortium, courtesy of Commander Dan D. Lyon. On the 10th of November, the Paladin Consortium will be hosting its second event in the Newby Tuesday series, aimed at providing players new to PvP a crash course in combat, starting with the basics. Bring your medium combat ships and meet us at Big Papa's house in Andreamy at 2000 GMT. Your ship doesn't need to be fully engineered, just tough enough to survive some friendly sparring. Our teacher for this series is Commander Mike Metallic of Warriors of Word, who have been long-time friends of the Paladin Consortium. The series is open to all commanders, whether members of the Paladin Consortium or not. To sign up, head to our Discord at http colon slash slash bit.ly palconx1. Until then, fly safe, commanders. And don't forget, if you're organising an event in game, we'd love to tell people about it. So please get in touch, and we'll add it to a future show. And... That's it. We're done with the headlines. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, our listener. We don't know whether Litho Breaker was actually listening this evening. He's awfully quiet, which means we've either mortally offended him or he's still mopping out the inside of his SRV. But um, thank you for tuning in, everybody. And um, we're here in the studio with a slightly reduced team this evening. If you were listening to the news headlines earlier, our rest of our team's been kidnapped. How did you sleep, Liddy? Just I'm as tall as I've ever been. <laughs> anyway, so the, 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 the oh dear, I can't slight somebody so slight, can I? Um, no. Oh, but um, right. We've we've lost the Palantir. He's gone missing. He fell into a Zoom call earlier and is struggling to get out. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that he's actually fighting because the alternative is coming here, isn't it? So he may just he may just have accepted well, his lot. We're trying to work out. We think it's his first week off in an awful long time. I mean, obviously, Flossie doesn't do weeks off, and Amelia doesn't do weeks off, but Palantir decided he does do weeks off. So we think yeah. he's taken a week off. Oh, I think it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as long as he's not got a week off. A week something, anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, we were supposed to be joined this evening by the Rampage, but unfortunately the Rampage's uh, Momus Bog Spaniel security det- detachment went on the Rampage. Yes spurred on by some locals blowing things up in his, his vicinity. So our very own Master Ken of the Airwaves, uh, Master Rampage, is currently ninjing his way past um, all sorts of frantic explosions and trying yeah. to, to rescue the, the, the Momus Bog Spaniel. I believe it's a, I believe it's a long-haired, short-legged Tibetan whippet he's got. Oh, it could be. Looks a lot like a lasso, but it's, it's a long-haired, short-legged t- Tibetan whippet. 
Right. Is that one of those temp- temple dogs that the mad yes. monks have? Yeah. It's a tiny, yeah, tiny temple dog. It's a, a mini <laughs> a temple really dog. Them. Yes. But <laughs> ferocious. Ferocious. Vicious when cornered. Uh, unlike your pet bear, which is the opposite. Which is a bear. Aye. He looks Not like an actual temple dog, yes. Yes, <laughs> but is mild-mannered. Oh, yeah, very mild-mannered, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very friendly. There's That's some kind of inverse inverse like, relationships in dogs, isn't there, between sort of yeah. the really big ones are calm and hippie and cool, and the really small ones are going to do you with a knife. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think the size is, the, is a factor, really, because they are aggressive when cornered, but the yeah. bigger they are, the harder it is to the get them it is. Yeah, he doesn't go into corners. <laughs> 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 no, I mean you'd have to have very big corners to fit the bear. He also he's also looking for food most of the time. You know, he didn't get to be that size by not eating. So, you know <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was mostly fur. Uh, no, no, it's mostly dog with a lot of oh, no, fur. As if well. you shaved the bear, you'd end up with sort of this this tiny what what was the description? A tiny little whippet sized Oh uh, no, yeah. No, 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 no. There's there's a lot of dog in there as well. Right. So anyway, as well as um, missing um, the Palantir, we do have a few presenters actually here. You've just heard from the Apology Officer. Good evening. Hello. We haven't had an apology in a while. Does that mean that the new Hot Boss Hot Box is making them all behave? Yeah, something like that. Either that or they're just not telling. You know, the information's just not getting to me, you know. Well, we do understand that the new Hotbox Hot Boss has sent the previous Hotbox Hot Boss on a mission, top secret mission. Mm-hmm. But apparently the top secret mission's going quite well and they'll be back soon. Obviously, this may be why they can't publish apologies, because you can't apologise for a mission that's not going on. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Nor apologise. Nor apologise for it. <laughs> I can apologise yeah. for not being able to clarify. I'm very sorry. I can't clarify. Well, there you go. And then we, we have Amelia. Good evening, Amelia. Hello. Are, are you feeling seamless this evening? How, how is how is Amelia's <laughs> mood this evening? Are you smooth and calm or are we sort of frantic and hectic? So smooth, you could spread me on 10 slices a whole week with just one swipe. <laughs> that's that's very, very smooth. And oh, talking, of, <laughs> talking of smooth, we have Flossie here. Hello. The smoothest of the schmooze with extra schmooze. Mm. Mm. And and so I mean it's it's a it's a, a a busy week in the community again. Obviously we're trying to keep abreast of what's going on. Yes. So yes, lots of groups it. up to lots of things. I mean racing seems to be a very popular activity. It does, yes. In fact we that. were we, we were we were looking at um, some of the latest um, photography from um, Commander Fosdyke. Uh, obviously, his long lens was was previously on you know sort of sexy bodies, and and this week it's been on sexy bodies, but they've been of the racing varieties, so racing members, and there's been a fuel rats racing car, fuel rats sponsored racing, Ooh. racing racing Ooh. ship uh, amongst Commander Fosdyke's uh, pictures this week. I have to go and look at those. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is. There's a. There's a whole website gallery full of um, wonderfully, wonderfully uh, taken pictures. I say taken. They're definitely not drawn. No, never. They're too good to be drawn. <laughs> um, a bit like Beetlejuice photography. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which you is definitely you, photography and not you, not art. You couldn't draw. Well, it you is couldn't art. draw like that. It's a three D no. holography. It is. It is. I mean, you know, your your orca does actually look like that when it's on fire. Yes. Yeah, that or- that orchid in that picture is actually on fire. <laughs> but yeah, probably <laughs> keeps it keeps I- it the smoke alarm off. 
Yeah, and you're not just paying it a compliment at that point. No. Um. So 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 yeah. I mean, there's a flossy. There's there's lots going on. There's racing. I mean, obviously Alec Turner. I think Alec Turner's got the record for the most mentioned commander on this show. <laughs> I think he has. Yeah. I think Commander Alec Turner gets mentioned more than the hanky. Yeah, that, that checks him doing. I think he right. Yeah. Possibly more than Alex Zuno during the sports report. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then obviously joining Amelia and Flossie and the apology officer, we, we have the dead meat. Good evening. Now, you did say you were writing it in capital letters this week. Well, I guess it doesn't really work, but I, I try to. Well, because obviously last week and the week before, you were sort of saying that why is 08550714, which is our oldest system other than home isn't it, it wasn't is, that yes. the one we picked up first tiny little yeah. place tiny little outpost nothing there very dull i mean it's a very quiet little dull system little piratey things on there from the pirates we haven't taken them down have we the pirate posters nope no nope, still piratey and when you when you land on it you still get that gnarly pirate noise as you land yep um but it, it was a case of that's getting too high two weeks ago and then it's getting really too high last week yes and, and then this week it pops it went pop, yeah. Yes. Now, it's a funny one, because obviously it's also really close to Hutton Orbital and also really close to Sol, and we've taken mm. over just about everything in that little circle there that's sensible. Yes, and we can't take over Alpha Centauri again. No. <laughs> so could it be one of those expansions that goes into investment and then magically jump sort of 60 light years in one direction? They, they, Snuggles and his crew are still crunching the numbers. We, ha- <gasps> we haven't got a predicted target yet. We just Make a point. It's definitely not Sol. Big point. <laughs> Though, you know, we, we have broken the expansions before. I mean, it was one yes. of the very earliest expansions where we expanded to the test system. We did. <laughs> which doesn't did. exist. Which is not Sol. <laughs> no. Which is how we ended up in Wolf 359, <coughs> which was mm. not one of our targets. No. 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 Um, and then everything fell to bits in all the local systems because the entire BGS in our little corner of the universe stopped working. Yes. Yeah. But we're not going to break the BGS again, are we? I mean, that that, that would be not poor Dav. <laughs> not on I mean, he's, yes. he, he would he he he'd clench his fists and look stern at people if we did it again. Exactly. Well, it, it was Don Antonacci who got us to expand into Seoul to try and break everything, and thus stop us expanding. However, Dav, being such a fantastic wizard, managed to mend it and still have us expand. So it, again. The Don's a stitch in time it. saves Wolf three five nine. Yes, Indeed, mm. yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I could just see him ripping open his white coat and just falling to his knees, screaming at the stars. Look, if you if you haven't Into seen <laughs> if you haven't seen Dav go the full Hulk, okay, yeah, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> no, because he does. He just doesn't suit green. No, no. <laughs> no it makes him. It makes him look ill. He doesn't do angry. He actually, he just does disappointed. He does yeah. that. Yeah, the, the I had that. I had that look. I asked him a question, and I got that look. And oh, during one of the panels at LiveCon. No, yeah, no, on 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 the path outside the hotel. It was, <laughs> was heading in, and it was talking to somebody about how they can they can see what people are doing in game, and they they watch for the extraordinary behaviours, the things that are that are out of the norm or that seem a bit weird. And I asked him if taking my Type Nine to Beagle Point would have showed up as one of those things, and he just gave me the look. Put his head down, <laughs> shook it, and walked away. <laughs> well, I mean, it is it is noticeable. And they clearly do watch it because L- was lapping, it was it Rinswind lapping, lapping the galaxy in a sidewinder? 
Yeah, yeah was it Rinswind lapping the galaxy in a sidewinder? And they, they sort of wrote yeah. to us immediately afterwards saying, you do realise your odometer reading so high you've invalidated the warranty. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, Rinswind, I apologise publicly. I've, I've already apologised privately, but I apologise publicly. Well, that's not your job. Yeah. No. Damn, Did twice. Me Commander twice. Rinswind... Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! It's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> this is my bit. It's my bit. My light's on. Commander Rincewind, Commander Deadmeat GF would just like to say that he is very, very sorry for whatever it is he's done to you, and he felt that his private apology was not enough. He should make a public apology. He is so, so sorry. Okay, I'm done. Excellent. <laughs> Yay! Round of applause. There I'll we go. I'll send you an apology to apologise to yourself for me apologising, but I shouldn't be apologising. I should be asking no. you to apologise. But we don't you, know what to apologise for. Just, <laughs> just apologise. You know your place. I never know what to apologise for. I just know what to say. <laughs> I think you need a T-shirt that just says "You're sorry." Yeah. I mean, that, I that's, have, that's all your T-shirt needs to say is "You're sorry." Sign I can have, I'm sorry yourself. on the front and you're sorry on the back. Yeah. Could mm. do. Could do. So, so flossy. Yes. Obviously, we've got more coming up from you later in the show. We've got other stuff first. Yeah. But we do have to ask, do we have to do your tune this week or are we going to have a, a sad sound? As there, there are no more CGs. No, there's definitely CGs this week. So, so they, they, they give it with one hand and then they give it again with the same hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, well, no, we're looking forward to that later in the show. Um, and it's we two CGs? Is it two again? Two CGs. Two CGs, yes. Yes. Oh, bonus! But so we're going to do the CG music. So we're not doing. We're not back to the Interstellar Initiatives music. No, no, no. Right. We also have CQC this weekend. I thought so, that was last weekend. No, it's this weekend. I thought it was, was last weekend? weekend, and I was sitting there myself. No, it's this weekend. <laughs> I thought it was it's, the weekend after the green room. Uh, yeah, it normally would be, but it's not this month. This oh. month is a week. This month it's a weekend after the weekend. Well, I'm going to need. I'm going to need to hire an apology officer because last week on the show I said it was this weekend. You, so to you, everybody you, who turned up last Saturday, to everyone who turned to... up last Saturday, including me, David is very, very sorry. He's not really, but I have to say that he is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, so, so it's, it's this week, and if you're on Xbox, Commander Shawside Customs is organising it. If you're not on Xbox. Go into TeamSpeak or Party on PS4, and if there's no one there already organising it, then you're organising it. Yeah, and if you are going, do do post on the Facebook page. Say hi, I'm joining the CQC this week, so mm. other people know in advance that they're not the only one. Yep, and, and then let it people know what. Of, yeah, let people know what platform you're on. So uh, yeah, I'm on <laughs> PS4 joining CQC this week, and then hopefully somebody else will get back and go. Ah, I'm on PC4, PS4. Or I'm on PC, or I'm on Xbox. There's loads of us on Xbox, usually. And remember, oh, yeah, in, yeah. in this game, it's probably not wise to be on platform nine and three quarters. No. <laughs> no. Not if the train's coming, anyway. <laughs> or gets a bit a bit, a bit, steamy at that point. Um, so, yeah, so CQC this weekend. Mm-hmm. Shooting up the whole um, bus. But events... It's been a while since we did an event. Now, um, our events can be sort of great big things where we all get together in one instance and go and do stuff. They can be, here's a big challenge, like take a mug everywhere. And and sometimes they're a go off and do something on your own, but you can bring friends if you want to. And this is one of those. Mm. 
So this is a team effort kind of event where you can or cannot do it in 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 groups if you want, but it is for the explorers. So the last time we did going for gold, which was in the first season of Squadrons, uh, we noticed with about a week to go that that Hutton were nearly at the top of the table. So we um, <clears throat> gave it our all, and this is this is in before Void Opal days. This is when you know trucking had to be yeah. done the old fashioned way. Oh yeah, or was it early Void Opal days, or was it LTDs? I can't remember. It was that long ago. Anyway, but because we're the Hutton Truckers, we had to get the trucking one first. And since then, you know, we turn up on the top ten of the tables, but we all do our own thing. You know, Hutton's are a fairly independent stuff. We don't all go and do blowing stuff up one week and then blowing stuff up the next week and get top in combat. We tend to do our own thing, except when there's this kind of a mission. And mm-hmm. Snuggles McKeague looked at the numbers, looked at some of the incoming data and went, oh, I tell you what, we could bag second place this month mm-hmm. from 14th. Mm-hmm. And we said, no, 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 no. We don't want to do second place. We've only got a week. We, we want first place. We can't do first place in a week because Canon Interstellar are all over that like a nasty rash, <laughs> like the kind of rash you catch in Colonia. Um, but what we did is we looked at the numbers, we crunched the numbers, and we reckon for the next season, now they, they last between four and eight weeks, we've got enough in the tank from some of our regular explorers, plus enough time, that we think we can get first place in exploration this month on the PC squadron. And we reckon there's a possibility that Hotbox might be able to do similar, yeah. looking at the numbers. Well, of course, Hotbox being Hotbox, we already have the silver exploration trophy and a, wee, uh, a cheeky wee gold CQC one. So, you know, yeah. give us two golds, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to bump it up to gold. Yeah, it needs promote. What I do think is we don't have a bronze one anywhere, so win, lose, or draw, it's good for us. You know, we'll get something oh, out yeah. of it. I mean, first or second loser's okay, but, you know, tip-top gold ones are the best ones. Yeah, but if so, you have gold, silver, and bronze, it looks nice in your cockpit. But then if you so, go gold and gold, it also looks nice in your cockpit. We reckon as a Christmas present for Alvin, <coughs> we ought to go and try and get exploration gold. Now, Amelia. Yes. I know you're a miner. Have you done much exploration out there? Um, I've been to the core and back, um, you know, but this was a long time ago, back before they had, um, you know, codexes or engineers or anything like that. Um, other than that, so, I, you know, I, yeah, I tend I mean, to... This is, this, is, this, is, this is not about the speed run. I mean, there are two kinds of explorers. There's a kind of explorer who gets the massive jump ranges and skips everything. It's all about <laughs> getting to that point in the distance. But the only thing you can class as exploration these days is when I mine outside the bubble. But there's another class of exploration, which is don't skip everything with the really big jump ranges. Use the small jump ranges and go everywhere. Go everywhere. Why not? Mm -hmm. So um, now the the, the good news is we don't have to do this in in one week or in no time flight. You don't have to go out and get like 100 million credits of data like right now. Obviously, if you're sitting on some data, don't drop it yet. You want to be saving it for after next Thursday. We think the current one finishes on Thursday. As soon as it finishes, we'll make a big announcement. And at that point, we are good for you to hand in data. It doesn't matter if it's 100 credits here or there, or a few Earthlight worlds for a few million, or you're coming back from Beagle Point and you've got 100 million on you. But this is where we need the data to be dropped. We then need people to get their ships into gear and go harvesting as much as they can. Now, we do have in the group, actually, I think it's in the files section, is um, a series of spreadsheets of nearby Earth-like worlds. About a thousand of them. Mm. Only a thousand? Yeah. 
Um, well, I think it shows Earth-like worlds and water worlds, high-value systems. Anyway, anything over seven hundred thousand for the system. I know how. Without- I know how to find those on the FSS. I'll, I'll let you finish you? and then tell me. I'll tell you how to find them on the FSS. Yeah, really well, yeah, you, you know can, that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you jump into a system, and if you're running the Hutton Helper on the EDMC thing, and you get a lovely thing called Hab Zone as well, which tells you in what range are all the, the sexy-looking Goldilocks planets that are worth mm. loads and loads of money, like the Earth-likes and the, <clears throat> the Water Worlds. Um, or you can use methods that the Apology Office is about to tell you. And basically, go out there, harvest them. We're looking at between one and 200 million per commander for a few hundred commanders, and we reckon we could bag this. Mm-hmm. Which right. is a hundred, a hundred Earth-like worlds. Okay. In four mm-hmm. weeks. Yes. Right. Now, if you're looking for Earth-like worlds or water worlds or even ammonia worlds, they all show up in the anal region of the scanner. Um, and where that is, it's, you'll what? never forget it. I, oh, listen. Under the scanner, it says frequency analysis something something and the anal part of analysis is where all your high high value worlds are so your earth lights your water worlds your ammonia worlds are all in that zone so when you look above the part that says anal if there's a signal there you've got something valuable are you saying that earth's a shithole yeah pretty much yeah can't argue yeah yeah, I, and anything well, like it is also a judging, show. judging by recent news and, and global developments and everything else you know what if I was an alien uh, yeah. I'd be taking a wide path around us at the moment <laughs> they, they, do, they do say the, the most conclusive proof that there's intelligent life out there is that it's avoiding us yes yes they've not revealed so, themselves to us yet if you're looking for if you're looking for earth-like worlds you're looking for ammonia worlds are the two highest value then you're into water worlds you want to probe the anal region. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go. And we're not, we're not just being rude for the sake of it. It actually has a purpose. It does get have a purpose. Cur- get your cursor on the bit that you want. Give it a bit of a whip. Give it a good swishing yeah. about. Until you see it light up somewhere. Yeah, point and click. <laughs> when the arrows yeah. all line up in the, in the, uh, in the region. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It works. Um, so- all I can see is it works. So does, yeah, if, yeah. If, if there are those of you wanting to harvest, I mean, obviously get your get your exploration ranks up and whatever else. If you go to um, the the Hutton Facebook page and there is a files section, and I'm pretty sure it's in there. I'm I'm just I'm just scrolling down, and I'm, I'm still scrolling down. Everything's got to be somewhere. There is definitely, definitely. If not, we're going to have to ask the commander <coughs> to put it back up again for us as well. Um, the road I'm to riches. Sure road to riches. Is it? No, it's not that one. It, it's a no? uh, exploration data runs soul bubble dot zip. There we go. So if you search cool. for exploration data runs by um, yeah by Steve, that's in there. It's, it says in archive. It is an archive. If you open that up, that is all the exploration data runs around Sol, and these are within like oh, two hundred light years of the bubble. And there are literally billions of credits sitting there. You can do a quick scooch round, scoop up loads of them, job done, and help us get gold. Now, we are going to be offering prizes. We're looking in the cupboard at the moment, because obviously mugs are in short supply, but we're going to speak to Mr. Cow about what mugs are left. Um, and we do know there are a few long-range explorers who are going to go, oh, I'm going to bag that one, right, you know, with sort of a, a billion here or a billion there. Um, but we are looking for the, the top commanders with the top contributions, likely to be the top ten. 
I will try and jump into the. I'll try and steal the hot, the hut and coffee hauler, and see what I can do. See, if, you know, if I can waylay it somewhere, can leave it in the lay by and steal all the coffee out of it. I was just thinking, um, based on the description on how to find the high value planets, mm. have we got many colon mugs left? Oh, colonia mugs, <laughs> colonia mugs. <laughs> No, we, we, we might do, but we're going to look in the cupboard and we're going to come up with it. Obviously, we're going to be publishing details on how it's being tracked. There's a special page being done by Antarius Fusion, which is going to be tracking your commander's contributions. So this isn't weekly. This is from the start of the event until we declare we've managed it. Um, and we're going to see how high we can get on the table. We know we've got a couple of commanders out there who might want to you know, hot-foot it back somewhere to sell it. Now, the good news is you don't have to sell it in Hutton Space. As long as you're in the squadron, it counts. So if you're out at Beagle Point and you can find somewhere to sell it, I'm sure there is somewhere that's got a cartographics on the way back, isn't there? And the way back yeah. from Beagle Point. Oh, yeah, lots um, of places. I don't think selling a carrier council, does it? No, do not sell no. at a carrier. No. That would be bad. But you do need to I sell at a station. There are lots of bases on the, the Colonia Highway and the Blue Star Line that you can sell them at. Yes, well. yeah. yeah, so uh, basically as, as soon as you cash in your exploration data, it helps the squadron, it helps you, it helps you get up the leaderboard. Now, Flossie, we are going to declare this one a CCCGG. Right. Two a community-created community gold goal. Gold goal, right. Yes, especially for Hutton Truckers. Yeah. Um, we have had a request from somebody to say, well, I'm, I'm with my own group at the moment, but they really don't need my data. Can I become a temporary Hutton trucker? The answer is absolutely. Right. If you want to join us just for the duration of this and take part and have fun, that's perfectly fine. You However, can literally you literally join us for 10 minutes while you sell it. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's very mercenary of us. But um, if you want to become a temporary Hutton trucker, that's absolutely fine. All we will say is you will not be accepted into the Hutton squadron unless you are on the Hutton helper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know That's who we just... need to find if we're going for gold? Henry Kelly. Remember Henry Kelly? Oh, oh yeah. I'm trying not to. Uh, <laughs> can you remember the theme? He's still with we're us. not going to play Wind it because we'll, we'll, get, we'll get a copyright strike. Yes. Flossie seems so of, accurate. They always had lots of people from U Europe. There was lots of Europeans in it. It was quite. It was quite the the continental quiz show. Mm. Yeah. With very yeah, British yeah. questions, <laughs> not not that it was very British anyway. questions. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but hey, look, you know, it, it, it's open to anybody. Um, obviously, we we know some of you are very quiet exploration truckers have been out there for ages. I mean, I mean Commander Wotherspoon, I think one of his his clones has been out exploring for uh, decades. Yeah. So Commander Wotherspoon may well be sort of popping back to drop a few bits and bobs off. If but we, we can't find the actual just... Commander Wotherspoon, we might need to bring that clone back. Well, if we can't find him, we're going to have to just clone some of those hairs we found on his chair, or, you know, the, some skin cells from somewhere. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Um, I think Floor Muffin Guy swished him away. Yeah, also, Alvin's been sat on his chair, so you never quite know which yeah. hair you're getting. Well, you I could mean, have a more Alvin. Wother Alvins. <laughs> what, we, what? We'd love more Alvins, but I don't think Alvin would. Doggerspoons dog yes. or something, yes. Now, Alvin, talking, talking of, yeah, talking of um, Wotherspoons and Doggerspoons and whatever else, before we head to the next bit of the show, does anybody have anything else? Yes. Um, oh, <laughs> I spotted a, a blog on Special Effects page. Um, oh. They have announced the results of the fifth one special day. Oh, yeah. And they're 
grand total has raised over five hundred thousand pounds. Half a oh, million. Wow. Half a million pounds. Wow. One Waterworld. A lot of toy toy robots. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Well, and did you that also notice that that one of our very good friends, um, Colo? was brung low by um, um, various uh, problematic situations that meant um, her, her hands working on controllers, detailed controllers, weren't working as well as she wanted them to, to be able to play games and stream, and special oh, effects be able to help Colo get back into games. Oh, fantastic. With some foot controllers, so that Colo can actually game um, without some of the sort of fine motor control she's currently missing on her hand. I think her hands are causing her a lot of pain as well. Yeah. So she's actually oh, okay. able to stream and do gaming. I think it was I saw a foot controller. Right. And so Colo's yeah. been able to get back into streaming and gaming using mm. one of the foot controllers. It was all set up remotely by Special Effect as well. So they've guided her through it. Obviously, mm. you know, face to face visits being very hard at the moment. But they've been yeah. able to guide Colo through, um, as I understand, um, being able to get back into gaming as well. Some, oh, of stuff, some of the stuff they've got is fantastic. I've seen that. So, I mean, it's as simple sometimes as a big button. Or sometimes you need something as sophisticated as an eye gaze, or but there's everything in between. They've got some fantastic gear. Oh, I mean, right through from the the, the robots they use for people who yeah. are having to completely isolate. Some of the kids who've got you know really dangerous conditions. I mean, they can't go near anybody because it would be very very dangerous for them and their immune mm -hmm. systems um, to to allow them to take part in lessons. Those robots are so cool. <laughs> um, right through to the the um, the Microsoft. Um, oh yeah, the controller. controller. Yeah. Where you can plug said, your own buttons in and do stuff. Is it something? Is it not something like twenty-four sockets in the back where you can just plug in all the buttons you need? Oh, analog yeah. controllers and every, buttons. Yeah. And, yeah, every single every single input that's in the normal controller has been expanded out. Yeah. So, so the X button, the Y button, the tri both the triggers, the the bumpers, the joysticks, everything you you can replace them with whatever works for you, whether yeah. it's a bigger button or a or a switch or whatever and yes yeah, so yeah. that, that's basically the whole controller laid out yeah. in a because some people it's it's not that they can't some people it's not that they can't use their hands they just don't have the fine control so if you make yeah. them a bigger button they can they can aim for that button and hit it we you know we absolute surety whereas with the tiny buttons that are on a controller they, they would have a you know a really good chance of missing. So it's yeah. it's simple sometimes simple solutions you know. But obviously I was I had a nice chat with um, Commander Ken Rain Baz earlier and mm -hmm. how they're managing to keep up the work. So we're going to say keep up the good work everybody. While I remember that we are going to be having news coming up in the near future about the next expedition to the Antarctic as well. Oh, oh yes. There yeah. will be some more Hutton goodies and also from our friends the Fuel Rats and Cannon Interstellar this time, making their way down to the Antarctic. Wow. I have to send a frisky hippo crew patch. I want one to go to the end up. <laughs> but basically, the, the, the crew on the new icebreaker, the new Australian Antarctic Expedition icebreaker, and our very good friend Commander Dog's Breath are going to be heading out in December and again in January. So um, they're going to, I think it was, did they say Casey and then um, Mawson and Davis again on two expeditions? And they are going to actually, cool. the majority of their work, because it's been restricted because of COVID, is going to be fuel ratting for the bases and supply runs. Mm -hmm. So hence why we contacted via Flossie the fuel rats to see whether we can send some fuel rat gear down to the Antarctic and then back again for charity. Yeah. So yeah. by the by springtime next year, and they are going to be sending us tweets. They've got new connectivity on this ship. They've got much better connectivity. So they're going to be tweeting for us. They're going to be doing a few videos for us. They're going to be taking pictures with special effect gear as well to help us raise money for the charity. And we will be sharing uh, from December onwards all those details with everybody as well. That's so cool. December, December wouldn't it be a bit cold? 
<laughs> no, well, actually, that's <laughs> if you think the about Antarctic? it, it's the Antarctic, which means mm. it's summer. Yeah, it's a summer. Ah, yeah. that's, that's what I mean. It'll be, a bit, it'll be a bit cold, not absolutely. A bit freezing. cold. No. Yes. A fonking cold, I think, is the uh, the phrase. Right. So yeah, we're going to be Baltic is the that. phrase we use up here. So there's loads coming up, and of course the muggies. Don't forget to get your nominations in. I, th- I don't know if that's closing soon. The nominations. Oh god, I don't know. I haven't nominated them. I'd really need to do that. Just I'm get that get your finger weekend. out if you've not gone and looked up the muggy stuff and done your nominations. Go do it and do it quick. How how do you know I put my finger in? <laughs> we've seen, we've had well, the report back from the yeah. doctor. <laughs> yes, that's how I get the away. Yeah, that's how I get the job in Wonders. <laughs> oh, it's a massage parlour for goodness. Anyway, um, not a inverted commas massage <laughs> parlour. Right, we we need to move on with it now. Commander Wotherspoon was was up against it this week, but we do understand that there is a Galnet news sketch. Awesome. Before we have the Galnet news sketch, we do have a tune, and because we're going for gold in exploration. It was only right to pick something appropriate. So, um, the Normski, if you would take it away for us, please, on our tune, and then into the Galnet News Digest, and we will speak to you afterwards. As a child, did you dream of exploring the Milky Way? Make your dreams into reality now and join the first great expedition. News Digest, 5th of November, 3306. We read the news, so you don't have to. In this week's news, Cannon no longer stumped by mysterious message. Imperials invade the Federation. Lame Duck Hudson clings onto power. Cannon no longer stumped by mysterious message. The message at the listening post, from which the megaship Adamaster received its instructions, has finally been decoded. But not by Canon. 
The finest code breakers have been hard at work trying to analyse the nearly 200 characters of the message looking for a sophisticated book cipher such as the anti-piracy mechanism used by BBC micropilots who used floppy disks back in 3100. Type in the third word on page 5 of the Dark Wheel. Cannon also tried using a lens lock and couldn't see anything but that was apparently perfectly normal. It was someone by the name of Michael Whatever, who hit upon the bright idea that perhaps there wasn't a cipher at all, but just that the message had got a bit muddled. Using the eight at the beginning of the message as a clue, he arranged the message in rows of eight, and then he read down the first letter of each row. And what he read was long, negative, 38.0, 615 light years, body three. The rest of the message is complete filler, nonsense characters with no words or meaning whatever. Together with the latitude, 11.86, retrieved from the Adamaster flight logs, this gave search parameters which revealed the system, planet and coordinates of the thing the Adamaster was being sent out to retrieve. Canon is said to be extremely acrostic with itself for not spotting this simple code sooner. Imperials invade the Federation. Imperial forces searching for the second near-Marlinist bomb factory have triggered border skirmishes in Federation-controlled LTT-1935. The IISS claims to have discovered the location of the second terrorist facility, which was used to manufacture Thargoid enzyme bombs that caused so much devastation and loss of life on the 10th of September. However, when they called in backup from the Imperial Navy without first requesting permission from the LTT-1935 Confederacy, the Federal faction opened fire. Captain Axel Cyprian of the Imperial Navy has since stated that the Imperial Navy intends to take control of the entire system to ensure that the bomb-making facility is shut down and to prevent future terrorist atrocities. The Federation is fighting back to repel this incursion. Both sides have appealed for urgent assistance, such is the urgency of the battle that both the Imperial and Federal navies will offer promotions of one rank for commanders whose contributions fall into the top 75%, two ranks for those attaining the top 25% and a direct promotion to the highest rank in the service for the top 10 commanders by the time the skirmishes conclude, which will be no later than Thursday the 12th of November. Lane Duck Hudson clings onto power. Rumours that President Hudson is about to be eased out of power after his apparent involvement with the sabotage of Starship One may be premature, according to polls. Despite polls showing his influence dropping dramatically among his Republican base, and despite the Liberal Party of Felicia Winters enjoying a resurgence of popularity, it seems it may take more than criminal activity, incompetence, divisive policies and financial impropriety to oust Hudson from his role as leader of the Federal Worlds. It seems there is a silent cadre of Hudson supporters ready to come out and back him when it is most needed. Felicia Winters wanted to let the Marlinist refugees in. Felicia Winters was weak when the Empire invaded LTT 1935. Felicia Winters is a loser. 
What the Federation needs is someone to drain the terraformed Martian swamp. Someone to make the Federation great again. Someone who can build a wall and make the Empire pay for it. Someone <laughs> with the complexion of a tangerine who can walk unaided as long as he's holding someone's hand. Someone with a two-handed sippy cup who ain't <laughs> and who eats only McThargoids. <sighs> Just as long as federal citizens in Olympus Village don't remember the ancient story of Guy Fawkes this 5th of November, it seems like President Hudson may, after all, be able to look forward to three and a half more years. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or <coughs> or otherwise, is purely coincidental. We have to say that one, don't we? Yeah, we have oh to. Oh, my goodness. Definitely. <laughs> Jude had the giggles. I had the giggles on that one as well. Oh, dearie me. You know, sometimes life mirrors art, mirrors life, mirrors art. And <laughs> Galnet does hold that mirror up very, very well, doesn't it? Obviously, thank you very much to Commander Beetle Jude, who stepped into the breach after Commander Wotherspoon got kidnapped as well this week. I don't know, maybe he's off partying with Palantir. So, um, yes, we've got a special sketch coming up, and I think this one was chosen by the Apology Officer for, for a commander that was mentioned during the news, wasn't it? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think it's about time it was tested anyway. Well, yeah, so all we're going to say is Commander Lithobreaker, um, just before we go into Flossie's bit, this one's... Oh, no, is it the, is it the sketch? No, it is the, no, it's the right one. Oh, no, this yeah. one's for him. This is this, this one's, his. Oh, this is Lithobreaker. This one is just... For you. This is a public announcement. We will shortly commence testing of the station's brown noise generator. Please insert your cork now, and good luck everyone. Testing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... New CGs from the 5th to the 12th of November, that is AO6. There was no CGs last week, so nothing to report there. The Fight for the Empire with the LYS Corp, or Fight for the Federation with the LTT 1935 Confederacy. As you've already heard in the Garnet News, the, the Empire's counter-terrorism operation in the LTT 1935 system has triggered armed resistance from the Federation. The Imperial Internal Security Service's investigation into NMLA terrorist group led its agents to LTT 1935, a Federation-controlled system in neutral space. Military vessels were called for 
in for support, only to be met in combat by federal forces. Um, a declaration was made by Colonel Ernest Harris of the LTT 1935 Confederacy. The Empire cannot dominate and arrest our citizens as it did with the Marlinists. We claim the right to defend the Federation's territory from such aggressive tactics. Captain Axel Cyprian of the LYS Corp responded. The IISS has confirmed that the Neo-Marlinists have secret bomb-making factories concealed within LTT 1935. To prevent future atrocities, it is vital that we take control of this system and shut down the NMLA's source of weapons. The LYS Corp has asked for auxiliaries to assist in gaining control of the system. Through an imperial edict championed by Senator Patrius, the top 75% of participating commanders will be raised one military rank. The top 25% will be raised two ranks and should victory be secured, the top 10 commanders will be elevated to the highest military rank by the 14th of November. Also, the LTT 1935 Confederacy has requested help from independent pilots to defend LTT 1935 from occupation by the Empire. With the agreement of Congress, the top 75% of participating commanders will be raised one military rank, the top 25% will be raised two military ranks, and should victory be secured, the top 10 commanders will be elevated to the highest military rank by the 14th of November. The two factions have set out week-long campaigns which will begin on the 5th of November 3306. To be eligible for rewards you must sign up as an active participant before handing in combat bonds, strength of purpose or Wolfport Starport in the LTT 1935 system. And that's this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. She certainly does. Right, <clears throat> so it means pew-pew for them or pew-pew for the other lot. And at the end of it, you, you rank yourself silly, um, which all sounds good. Although people who are doing the high numbers may already have high ranks. I mean, what's above king? Is there is there something above king? There is, but it's top secret. Oh, right. And and above admiral, you know, double rear admiral of the something? That's one of their hobbies, not a rank. Oh, right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, look, thank you very much, Flossie. Um, I assume, as you're not a combat pilot, you're not going to be taking part yourself. No, so I won't be able to take advantage of these great rewards again. <laughs> well, you could turn up in a wing and maybe get some bonds while you're scooping things up at the, the combat zones. <clears throat> and then hand them in and hope you get top 75%. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Do it sneaky style. Get yourself <laughs> in a bright yellow adder and just fly around scooping things up while everybody else does pew pew. This should give us these these good rewards for the CGs. <laughs> You've had your own good rewards for the trucking ones. Right, well, it is now time uh, to hand back to the Apology Officer for this week's really obscure sports report. Hello and welcome to the Hutton Sports Report, a little oasis of clarity in the hurly-burly of the Hutton Live Show. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, 
the only helper in the galaxy to come with an emergency scotch pie, in case you get the munchies. Right, folks, eyes down for a full house, aces and eights are wild, and you can't shove your granny off the bus. This week we have the Did I Leave, Did I Leave the Gas on at Abbotson Star Return Sprint, the Double Wardrobe in the Back of a Volvo Estate Challenge, the On a Mission from Dog Dog Bowl Trophy, the Searching for Paradise and All I Got Was Coconut in My Teeth Grand Slam, the You All Saw He Had a Gun Jack Palance Memorial, and the Shut Your Face or I'll Turn the Life Support Off Customer Service Awards. The, the Did I Leave the Gas on at the Star Return Sprint was a close one this week as Zebadian streaked across the finish line, hotly pursued by freaky eyes. No one had left the gas on at Amundsen Star. The double wardrobe in the back of a Volvo State Challenge saw Jatar Birel leave Sorota and Tom A. Sawyer in the dust to secure a comprehensive victory this week. The On a Mission from Dog Dog Bowl Trophy was a bit of a one-horse race this week with Buckethead streaking ahead of the opposition. The Searching for Paradise and All I Got Was Coconut in My Teeth Grand Slam was won by... I'll give you two guesses, and if you need the second one, I'm going to give you a slap. Yeah, Alex Zuno won again. The You All Saw He Had a Gun Jack Palance Memorial saw Poltergeist secure a solid win over Socks and Shattermage to win the Memorial Gun-Shaped Trophy. Pick up the gun, Poltergeist. I said, pick it up. The Shut Your Face or I'll Turn the Life Support Off Customer Service Award this week goes to Montgomery Python, who wins a nice mass-produced crystal award thing and a free meal at McThargoids. And as the teletype valves warm up for the classified results, please have your Hutton Pools coupon ready. Zebedian, 47. Freaky Eyes, 45. Jitar Barrel, 40. Serota, 24. Buckethead, 1,267. Montgomery Python, 252 and a wee half. Alex Zuno, 510. Speedcuffs, 66. Poltergeist, 18. Socks, 8. Montgomery Python, 1,624. Big Block, 726. Arbroath Victoria, 0. Blair Gowrie, 0. DMS Athletic, 2. Josh Pantazzi's Rovers, 1. Dread Pirates Roberts, 3. Vicini's Gang, 0. Maximus Decimus Meridius, Lot, Emperor Commodus, 1. Decals this week go to Zebedian, Jutar Berel, second week still not collected, Hutton decal not good enough for you, eh? And of course, Buckethead. Right, sometimes quality counts for more than quantity, and next week's Hutton runs, ew, are as good an example as you're likely to see. We have have only had eight attempts, and three of those were Donald Anderson. His persistence did pay off, however, with a blistering time of one hour, 22 minutes and 53 seconds. Just 22 seconds off Brett Riverboat's all-time great Sutton run. 
If you're bored on a long hut and run, if you're hauling cargo in the same route as you've been following for the last month, then why not look at your stats in intricate detail as a distraction with the Hutton Helper? Just go to hot.forthemug.com and download and register for the Hutton Helper. Get your name on the big board and show these guys how it's done. You can do it. Sure you can. There's a Hutton decal in it if you're willing to trample over the broken hulls of your enemies to get there. Thank you very much to the apology officer. What do you mean somebody doesn't want the Hutton decal? Second week. No, de- that hasn't picked up his decal. Oh. What is that? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, I, I don't know how long we're going to hold it. It's not like the lottery where we hang on to it for a year. And, and he's not getting two. You. No. I think it's I think it's possibly we need to write it in Klingon going by his name. Or we need to find out what platform they're on and put it all over the, the message yes. of the day on the squadron. Um, we will have to talk to the squadron team about that. Um, talking of um, squadron teams and admin teams, uh, just a, a little um, thank you and welcome aboard to our newest members of our admin team. You passed your exams. That would be you. Yeah, where's my cake? No, there's no cake. <laughs> the cake is a lie. It's out, no. of, it's out of stock. It's out of stock. It's out of stock. Um, it's Commander Flossie, the single most reasonable admin Hutton's ever seen. <laughs> oh, thank you. Where's me chocolate? Put it this way, the, the, <laughs> Flossie is the red line, yes? If, if <laughs> it's and too much And nothing gets Flossie, past the red line. <laughs> yeah, if it, and nothing gets past it. If, if you've managed to upset Flossie, that's it, game over. Big red lever. <laughs> She's our Mary White House. You're going to be sucking vacuum all the way down to Eden. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, and of course we needed somebody a little more um, bombastic on board. So, um, Master Rampage of Master Rampage's dojo is is uh, also accepted the challenge and has joined us as part of the admin team as well. So, welcome aboard to the three of you. And your five year probation is nearly up. <laughs> Isn't Rampage normally the one who's upsetting Flossie? No, Rampage never upsets Flossie, does he? Flossie? No, no. That, that, so, that'd anyway. be that'd be you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, yes, that's right. I spell it differently Dung. when I'm in a bad mood. Yes, Rampage spelled, spelled D-E-A-D-M-E-A-T-G-F. That'll be good. <laughs> right, so, um, Amelia, are your yes. vocal cords warmed up? Um, as warmed up as they're ever going to be. Previous weeks, they've been dangerous, haven't they? I mean, they've been deadly dangerous, some of these foods. Yes. But this week is, is an entirely different affair, isn't it? This week is a completely different affair. Because with any food, you have to have your drink with it. So uh, if you're ready, we're, we're going to ask Norm um, to, to play your intro tune and then tell us all about what you've been sampling this week. Okay, okay. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. There is an advert first. Oh, no. Re- reverse, we- reverse. Oh, I was Seamless. so excited about this one. Seamless, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, me, fine. me. Before we go, show reversing. Before, <laughs> show his reverse. Before we go over to Amelia then, well, we're going to pop to Lave briefly to find out um, what Eddie's been up to. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsbun Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> Good evening. 
This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. break from our normal tasting sessions and all the danger this week the production team have sent us over for something entirely more calming a little less life-threatening and with a little more class we've headed over to the annual Heike ceremonial tea ceremony for a little bit of culture held on Heike 6 411 light seconds from arrival in the system the annual tea ceremony is a celebration of all things that take time to achieve. It's a terraformed Earth-like planet. And as with the other ones that we've covered over these reports, the conditions have been adjusted, not just for human life, but for the plants and animals that we know from our ancient home. Tea. The history of tea. Both the event and the plant itself is one of the ancient building blocks of trade. According to Chinese legend, tea was discovered over 6,000 years ago when Emperor Shen Nong was boiling water in his garden, and some leaves drifted and fell into the pot. From then until the 1800s, China was at the centre of the world when it came to tea, from Marco Polo through to the earliest trade routes between East and West, and the British love of a bit of afternoon tea. This flavourful and healthy drink of just about every culture on earth, like very few other trade goods have. In the 1800s, in the Assam region of India, an indigenous tea plant was discovered, breaking China's monopoly on the leaves. The history of tea has followed the history of the modern evolution of the human race. Wars have been fought, trade empires risen and fallen, life-changing decisions have been made over a cup of tea. And it's no surprise that tea has made its way out into the galaxy to be seeded, grown and harvested on other planets. Teas on Earth often came simply classified as green, simply infused and served without milk or sugar, black, favoured by the English and served with a dash of milk and maybe some sugar. On new worlds, terraformed or naturally supporting life, these plants have very occasionally flourished and built their own varieties. Heike ceremonial tea is one such type, sometimes referred to as red tea from the colour of the leaves. It is served in the matcha style. Rather than infused and left to brew, it's prepared in an elaborate ceremony, then ground, mixed with water and served unstrained. Heike was populated by a particularly puritanical colony ship, issuing many of the life's more delicious vices such as meats or narcot narcotics, legal or otherwise, leaving them with just one, the small bushes that they brought with them on the ship. Their culture is a slow one. First dates take months to plan. Weddings and engagements are decade-long affairs. The slow cooker is the instrument of choice in the family kitchen, and children aren't promoted to adulthood until well into their 40s. It is no wonder that their tea ceremonies, from harvesting to preparation, and even the drinking, are steeped in their slow culture. As with matcha, before harvesting, they cover their bushes 
for many weeks. No sunlight is allowed near them. Then only the finest buds are plucked from the bush by hand before being devined, destemmed, and then ground into a fine talc-like red powder. This powder is then whisked using special ceremonial implements with boiling spring water, never processed water, before being served in a complex ritual that involves a lot of bowing, nodding, offering, rejecting, offering, and then reluctantly accepting by those who wish to drink it. Mm. Haiku tea should be sipped. By the time that the ceremony is over, it's far from hot and is served lukewarm. It's bitter, but fragrant, and to be honest, very, very calming. The caffeine content is almost non-existent compared with teas you might have after building a brick wall or performing some complex plumbing shipboard. The entire experience is an uplifting one. Whilst the drink is bitter, the aftertaste lingers and is fragrant and pleasant. Haiki ceremonial tea is used by the local population as a cooking ingredient as well, flavouring everything from sorbets to being burned to smoke delicate local fish. It is rare as it is grown only on this one planet and has resisted transplantation to anywhere else. The harvesting and preparation can't be mechanised and must be done by hand and the local population fiercely protect their plants. Local wars have been fought. Pirates who steal the plants are put to death by the locals in the most hippie way possible. You can buy prepared ground haiki tea from Brunel City, and only Brunel City, and only in the smallest quantities. The danger. For a change, this is external. If you've got a lot of cargo of this, you're sure to be targeted by tea pirates. I've heard rumours of very positive after effects. Would you want to steal some? If you try and steal some, the locals will deal with you harshly. Mm. After a cup of this, why would you want to? I've had two now and all I want to do is put flowers in my hair and sit and listen to the grass growing out in the meadow. This is Amelia and Oh, those clouds look so fluffy. And the colours. I've never seen colours like those before. I feel an overwhelming urge to give everyone a hug and just smile. I'm here for the Galnet Food Digest. We wear sandals and we light incense sticks because we're lovely. <laughs> Come on, somebody throw a blanket over Amelia. <laughs> She's on the verge of nodding off there. Wow. You look so chilled. Yeah, by the way, we're out of Pringles. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> You've got the munchies now, haven't you? Have, that you, got tea's ha- quite- have you got your hand stuck in the tube again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She's waving it around like, oh, it's not, it's not a toy. But that stuff's potent, isn't it, Amelia? 
It's so good. This <laughs> is whoa. It's yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it's legal. I mean, it's not listed as a narcotic, but it's got to be pretty close. Okay. Or maybe it's the maybe it's the ceremony. You know, it's all of the it's all of the trappings that go with it. Just make you feel mellow. It's very laid back. It's very very laid back, like the end of this show. Because that's where we've we've arrived after that that wonderful introduction to Heike's ceremonial tea. So it remains for us. You know, I, I tell you what, we're going to share. After share, I'm going to pass. We'll pass us the cup, and we'll just hang on a second. Oh, tell you what, that's good, isn't it? Give us that's a really call. good. Give us a mm. call. Yeah, okay. Pass it over to dead meat. He needs to chill a tiny bit. I, right. I'm always chill. <laughs> oh, crikey. There's there's a definite feeling of mellowness in the, the studio now. Well, look, thank you very much to everybody who's turned up on the show. You're all lovely. And that's not just the tea talking. Oh, that's lovely. Good. I think oh, we're all just going to go. Man. We're going to go for a spa after this. <laughs> oh, I need some tea. I've had a shock. <laughs> look, everybody. Unicorns are colour. Unicorns are colour. It's a colour. Mm. Oh, wow. Are oh, they green? I'm, co- I'm colour blind and even I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's vibrant grey, Dave. It's vibrant yeah, that's purple. grey, man. Okay, oh, vibrant, purple. vibrant purple grey. Right, well, at the end of the show, everybody, which means we're going to say night-night now and sleep tight to everybody. We're going to be back, maybe, next week, 2030-ish, you know give or take a little bit um where we're going to um try some more of the galaxy's most chilled out foods and listen to maybe commander Wotherspoon's mellifluous tones or maybe some giggling beetle jude again mm-hmm. oh such a nice giggle isn't it groovy yeah gro- very very <laughs> groovy man um i might even grow my hair long by next week as well <laughs> might even get bank- no no i can't get bank- <laughs> <laughs> Wear a caftan and yeah, yeah. Right. Well, and we hope Lithobreaker feels better soon. For the mug. Yeah, for For the the mug, everybody. And and on that very mellow note, unless anybody has anything else to say, we are going to go and put our feet up, and we're going to chill out just that little bit more. Night night, everybody, and sleep well. Night for the mug. Mug. Cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the teen to the brim with rails Follow the map, follow the map Yeah, you know just where we're coming from Follow the map, follow the map Now everybody sing the hot trucker song Seems to crash into the sun Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One Alvin at the front, you know he leads as well Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yells Follow the map, follow the map Yeah, you know just where we're coming from Follow the map, follow the map Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song Sing 
just needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Buck, Father Buck. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Buck, Father Buck. Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song. Father Buck, Father Buck. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. This is a passenger announcement. The 1030 shuttle to Eden has developed a fault. A replacement shuttle will now depart from landing pad 2. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Right, well, I'm terribly sorry. We managed to bust the machine. We, we got the song out right, but unfortunately, Commander Wotherspoon's wind-up replacement <coughs> appears to be temporarily... Yes, somebody turn the handle. Apology officer, quick. No, we've lost the apology officer now as well. Oh my goodness, everything's broken. Apology officer's hammering it back into shape. Do he, we have? Is he raising the fridge again? I think he is. Hello. Or is that is, is that is that is that this week's tape monkey? Have we managed to break the Galnet News Digest this week? The emergency broadcast signal. It's fixed now. <laughs> oh, right. We have the important, important, important proper Galnet News coming up right now.